Aaron talked about the mud in our lives. I think it's safe to say that a lot, not all, but a lot of the, the mud in our lives is caused by something called selfishness. Would you agree? James knew all about selfishness. Writing about prayer to a group of believers in James chapter 4, verse 3. He said, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. If you're like me, selfishness isn't something you have to take a class on to figure out how to do it right. You don't have to look it up on Wikipedia to figure out the ins and outs of it. It comes pretty darn natural, right? I wonder how many of us would admit that sometimes uh, that selfishness even finds its way into our prayer lives. And what James is telling us here is that if our prayer life is weak and powerless, if it's been a while since we've seen God move in response to our prayers, We may be praying for the right things, but with the wrong motives. And where he's going with this is it doesn't make sense to ask God for anything as long as it's selfish. It doesn't make sense. So I want to take a few real-life examples of, as we walk through this and just, just play this out. Let's say you're praying for someone to come to know Jesus as their Savior. That's a very right request, right? As you pray that prayer, James wants us to look at our motives. It, is your motive really a, a deep love and concern for that person's soul? Is it really that you long for them to spend eternity in heaven? Is it really that, that you want God to receive glory through their transformed life? Or could it be that you're praying for their salvation, that, that you'd be a part of it so that you could tell others how spiritual you are in, in leading them to that place? So you can have a little notch on your belt and brag a little bit about what you've done for God. You see how subtle it can be? I think even of us as a church, as we pray for missional communities to, to spread and to multiply, do we pray for that so that God's will would be done in our community and in our world? Or do we pray for that so that we can get a little pat on our back and say, wow, look what the church next door did? Do we pray that for God's glory and His purpose? Or do we pray that for the glory of the church next door? Matthew 6, 21, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Some of the idea here is that if your treasure, the things that you value are selfish, the most important things in your life are all about you, it, it cuts 
the lifeline of your prayer. It, it snips it. Psalm 37.4 is a verse we like, and we should like it. It says, delight yourself in the Lord. Anybody finish it? And he will give you the desires of your heart. I think if James had pulled that verse out with the group that he was writing to, he would say, guys, sometimes we focus a little too much on the desires of our heart part, and we kind of ignore the delight yourself in the Lord part. We, we want to skip past that and get right to the desires of our heart. And what he would say is, hey, start with that delight in the Lord. When, when we pray, we ought to examine ourselves, ask the question, do I really find my delight in God? Is He really the center of my attention? Do I care about what He cares about? Do I love what He loves? Do I hate what he hates. Another practical example, when you pray for your business or your finances, it's a good thing to pray about. God wants us to pray about every area of our lives, but do you pray that God would bless those things so that you can give more to God's work and God's kingdom? Do you pray that God would bless those things so that you can be generous to those in need? Do you pray that God would bless those things so that you can provide for your family? Those are all wonderful motives for praying for that. Or do you pray for those things so that you can keep up with those neighbors who always seem to be about three steps in front of you? Do you pray for those things so you can get more and more stuff for you and your family to hoard instead of using what you have to advance God's kingdom? Do you pray for God to bless your business and your finances so that you can show off a little bit, maybe with that latest vehicle or other toy? Motives are as big a part of our prayer life as what we're actually asking for. You ever try to hide your selfishness behind a verse in the Bible? Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open to you. If we're honest, many of us will say, hey, that doesn't always work for me. That doesn't always work for me. And, and we'd be right in saying that. But we might not like why. See, every verse in Scripture comes in a context. It has verses before and after. This is part of the same moment when Jesus had said just verses earlier in Matthew 6, 33, seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. You see, sometimes what we want to do is put our, our glory and our kingdom first and we ask God for something, and, and we don't see it happen. And then we want to turn around and blame Him for not keeping His promise. But we've missed the, the verse that came earlier. Well, let's bring it to your family. We all have family, be it a husband, a wife, father, mother, siblings. When you pray for your family, when you pray for their peace and their joy and their well-being, is it really because you 
you long for those things in their life? You long for them to have that wholeness in their life? Is it because you know that if they experience those things, God will work in and through your family to be a ministry to the people around them in their neighborhood and their workplace? That God will receive glory for His faithfulness in your family? Or do you pray for your family because you know that if they get fixed, your life will be a whole lot easier? <laughs> I hear something happen. Or maybe you pray for them to get fixed because you just take pride in the appearance of having it all together. Me and my family. Yeah. Look at us. What's the motive? Here's the humbling thing as we pray. Jesus knows our motives. You know, we may be able to fool the other people around us pretty good, even spouses. There's no fooling Jesus. You remember he talked about the Pharisees a few times. He knew exactly why they prayed. He said, when you pray, do not be like hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I bet you there are some people that heard the Pharisees pray and say, wow, I want to be like that. That's a spiritual man. Jesus knew what was going on. Another place, he said, they, they prayed for a show. They, they made their prayers long uh, for a show. Now, what's our response to this? You know, I think if this is like most groups, there's a spectrum of people. And let, let's go to the two extremes of the spectrum, okay? I realize not everybody's at these extremes, but maybe someone's at either of these extremes in here. At the one end, you've got uh, folks that are hard-hearted, uh, they're proud, and they're unteachable. Okay, if, if that's you, I want to challenge you tonight to, in response to this message, allow God to soften your heart. Allow Him to search out your motives. Be teachable in your prayer life. David prayed this prayer. This would be a great place to start if that's you. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You know, if you ask God to show you if there's any offensive way in you, he will answer that prayer. He will lovingly, boldly, like a, any good father would show you. Ask Him to let His Word penetrate your heart. Remember last week we talked about Hebrews 4. The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And if you're proud, my challenge to you would be allow God's word to penetrate your heart. And as it does, if you begin to see that your prayers are selfish, don't put the walls up and say, this is getting uncomfortable. I'm, I'm putting the walls back up. God, you're getting a little too, too close to me and my stuff. Don't do that. Confess it. You remember there's a wonderful promise in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins... He's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. What a beautiful promise. Now, if that's one spectrum, 
hardened, proud. That's one end of it. You go way down here, you got the, the super sensitive people that hear a message like this and say, oh man, I'm, I'm too intimidated to ever pray again. I, <laughs> he's talking about selfishness. That, I, I've gone too far. There, there's, there's too much work to go back. It's not, it's not worth it. You know what? That would be a huge shame as well. Because God loves to talk with His children. Romans 8 says, we can call him Abba, that's Daddy, Father. He loves that relationship so much that He sent His Son to die so that He could have that relationship, that dialogue with you. If there's something to confess in your life, that promise of forgiveness applies to you just as much as the other group. But it gets even better. If you hear this message and say, oh great, well how do I even begin to pray? He sent His Holy Spirit to live inside of us, to help us in our weakness know how to pray. Romans 8, 26 and 27. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. The Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. A beautiful promise for when we feel our weakness and our unworthiness. God came to live inside of us to help us. Now lastly, those are the two ends of the, the spectrum for those who believe. I know it's possible that there's someone in this room that's never trusted in Jesus as their Savior. And what I want to say to you is that's the beginning point of this conversation with God. That's step one. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if you're here and you've never made that choice and you wish you had a dialogue going with God, I want to encourage you to place your trust in what Jesus did on the cross and in His resurrection to make that dialogue possible. And if you want to talk to anybody about that, I'd be willing to. I know there are others here as well. But I want to close before we move into our prayer time with just two questions. What if we as God's children, those who have trusted in Jesus, would, would lay aside our selfishness tonight and for the next 25, 30 minutes pray prayers that God answers in powerful ways that we see throughout this week and next week and into this year because we've prayed with right motives. What if, what if we prayed with right motives and God responds and changes the world because of what happens in these next 25, 30 minutes or throughout the rest of your week as we pray? What, a, what an awesome thought. So we're going to move into a time of prayer now. 25, 30 minutes. I want to explain how this works. Uh, the worship team's going to come back up, and they're just going to play some music. This will be very psalm-like. You know, they'll be playing music. There will be prayers going up. On this half of the room, this is for you who've, who just feel led to pray alone tonight, maybe with a spouse, but you're not interested in praying with anyone else. You, you just need that time alone with God. These two circles over here are for folks that say, you know, I really want to pray with a few other believers. I need some encouragement tonight. 
we're also going to have some slides up here that are going to flip through. And there's going to be three main sections of slides. The first one, there's going to be quotes and verses to inspire you as you pray. The first section is going to be about God's presence. The second is going to be about God's power. And the third one is going to be about God's love for people. If that helps you, great. That's what it's for. If, if you feel as though, hey, I know where God's leading me already, just ignore them. This is not a program. This is just to, to help you if you'd like it. I also want to tell you about something neat that uh, Aaron brought. Uh, if you look in the back of the room, there are two blackboards that have white pens on them. During this next half hour of prayer time, if you wish, feel free to go back there. If you've got a name on your heart that you'd like other people to pray for, a date, maybe something your missional community is doing on a certain date that you'd like people to pray for God to work in that, in that outreach. Maybe it's a personal request. Um, feel free to write it on there if you want to go back and see what requests are on those boards and just pray for them during this half hour. Uh, feel free to do that as well. At the end of our prayer time, the worship team will lead us in one more song and It'll say it at the end, but I want to say it now. I hope that this isn't the only 25 or 30 minutes we spend talking to the almighty creator of the universe. It's my hope that, that these weeks give us just a taste to say, man, I want more of that all week long because it's available to us. So that said, I'm going to say a word of prayer here. And Aaron, if you guys would come on up. Lord, I, I invite your, your presence. I know you're here. I pray that you'd help us to be aware of your presence. I thank you for being here, and I thank you for living inside of those of us who know you. Thank you that you want this conversation. And God, I just pray for a wonderful uh, sense of that closeness with you during this time. I know there are some in here who are broken. Encourage them. There are some of us who need challenged by your Holy Spirit. Challenge us. Lord, I pray again that you would move and that people would be saved as a result of this time talking to you. God, that chains of sin would be broken and people would be set free. Pray that your Holy Spirit would lead us in our prayers. Take us where you want us to go. In Jesus' name.